Hello and welcome to Solely Soul. This is your podcast for all things K-pop, K-entertainment, and anything else that falls in between. <laughs> um, I didn't even plan on making this episode today, I don't think, but I had to jump behind the mic <laughs> after um, the past few days because Friday started everything. It seems like that's when we got news of Bobby from Icon, of his marriage and baby that's on the way, <laughs> and then yesterday on Sunday or well Sunday evening for me but I think it was technically Monday morning in Korea then we got news of Red Velvet's Joy and then the um K R&B singer Crush I and like they're together <laughs> I, that was kind of unexpected um so yeah that's pretty much like the main topics that this show is going to be about today <laughs> um also as well if I still have time I want to get to the finale of the drama nevertheless i might also touch on brave girls comeback which was today as well as stray kids don't know how much i'll get into stray kids comeback because it's a full album and i haven't really had the chance to fully listen to every song so i might reserve that for uh, another episode later this week or whatever but anyways let's get right into it it's a lot <laughs> Okay, so first up, um, Bobby from Icon on Friday, Saturday, uh, I think it was Friday, I believe, um, it like shocked the whole entire like K-pop world <laughs> that out of nowhere, I mean, I know people have always said that he like had desires anyway for like, um, to have children and be married because of like his brother where he envied him and whatnot. But out of it, just this all all this news just kind of dropped out of nowhere, <laughs> where like because, I, like I mean I'm slightly a little shocked. I'm not super. I'm not even like super into Icon to be honest. Like I listened to their music, but they were never really a top group for me or anything. But Bobby kind of just dropped everything <laughs> on everybody at one time, and was like, "Oh hey guys, I'm getting married, but I'm also having this baby in like September, which is only like a month away." <laughs> Um, but, like, um, cheers to him, honestly, because, I mean, he somehow kept all that, like, undercover for who knows how long that he had been with this woman of whoever she may be, because, like, this year, Icon did quite a few things. I mean, they had, like, um, a come, you know, did they have a comeback? Or am I thinking a winner? I think, no, it is Icon, I believe, yeah, because they had that song, Why, Why, Why? Or is that winner? I think I'm actually thinking of the wrong group. <laughs> I have no idea. But Icon was kind of busy this year. They were on Kingdom Legendary Kingdom Legendary War. <laughs> um, and then Bobby himself had his solo debut. I believe that was his solo debut. And he was on the K-Contact, which was the online version of K-Con. Like he, he's been doing a lot of stuff. Icon kind of has been busy this year. So that's why this news actually kind of came as like a slight shock because he was like so busy. So you it made you like wonder, wow, where did he have the time to even have a relationship and all this in the picture when he was out here working and stuff. But now it kind of explains why he was working so hard because he has a family to support. But the point that I want to get to is that, um, and I, I guess I need to segue into the other story too, but um the point is that these idols, when when this news comes out or they reveal it, in Bobby's case, actually, he revealed it himself. It didn't even come from like 
dispatch like other idols because for other idols it usually comes from like the media but actually in bobby's case he owned up to it himself i guess before the media had a had a chance to like discover his relationship and baby news and whatnot but um like upon when he owned up to it essentially and there, there's nothing to own up to it's not even like he did anything wrong or whatever but when he owned up to it or confessed or whatever he um expressed like a lot of like regret and like sorrow and apologized to iconics which is icon fans like it came across as very like regretful as like as if he did something super horribly wrong which he didn't he literally <laughs> it's just in a relationship and is starting a family like there's nothing wrong or problematic about that whatsoever because what i find ironic is that every time these idols are revealed to be dating or married or whatever i feel like they put they express so much more like sorrow and like regret with within these situations versus like when they seriously do problematic stuff like i mean it's not even funny but it, i mean it is kind of funny because i feel like they put more effort and into writing these letters when they're talking about their relationships versus when they get called out for like something that's racist or or anything that's like offensive to like a certain group of people they like just put out a statement and they're like oh sorry and then that's like it like it's nothing to it like they half the time they don't even address what they did wrong but yet when it comes to a relationship they're able to go so into detail and like express all this sorrow and like regret just for dating somebody or being married or having a kid or whatever <laughs> um so yeah and then the next the next story that segues into with bobby now then on like three days later or two days later then we had Joy from Red Velvet with her dating news, which was like very unexpected. Because first of all, Red Velvet, this is their seventh year, and I don't think none of them have ever been caught up in scandals. Not scandals, like I said, I don't really want to use that word scandals because a relationship is not a scandal unless you're with someone who's like problematic or something. But Red Velvet has never had um like a problem of being involved in like dating rumors or anything ever so this one kind of just came like out of nowhere like we weren't even expecting it because i feel like for some people you usually have like a inkling that they're probably with somebody or you like can guess it but in the case of red velvet no one ever saw that coming like it was no it was no like um hints or clues that this like that she was with somebody <laughs> um because uh Okay, this is probably like a weird like cut, I guess, because on my my last clip it ended like abruptly because my mic like I think it had, the plug had fallen out. So it, so anyways, that was like a little glitch or blooper, but I tried to edit that out a little bit the best I could. But continuing, Red Velvet, I was talking about. Um, yeah, Red Velvet has they're one of the few groups that has done good, I guess, their whole career of. Because like even if they were dating anybody, no one ever knew. Because I I feel like some of the members of that group probably might have been in relationships, and we all all was probably just never knew. So I feel like they I guess they just did a good job at like being undercover or hiding it versus like some groups and stuff. Because that's why this news kind of came as like a shock really for Joy because no other member it was as this group. This is their first time being caught up in like a dating thing or whatever, but. It also comes back to the fact that I mean, people also were just more shocked about it being crushed. Like, if it was any other person, people probably wouldn't really even care, to be honest. But Crush, it just felt really unexpected. Yeah, they have the song together called Mayday. 
but the song i mean not the song the song is actually really good but the video just felt a little like like quirky <laughs> like it, it felt like it wasn't meant to be taken like seriously but i guess things came full circle <laughs> with them being together then um but something that i saw that was very interesting that people started bringing up on twitter was the fact that um snsd girls generation that during their seventh year that that was when i think dating rumors for them apparently started coming about because for their whole career apparently they never had no rumors as well until that seventh year and then in girl generation case i believe wasn't it, it was their seventh year when that was when they basically took their hiatus or well sm doesn't disband groups so i guess it still is considered a hiatus i mean they are supposed to reunite soon i think for some show actually anyway but but yeah people read read their loves <laughs> are a little worried and concerned for that fact that um girls generation basically at that point when dating rumors start coming from that was pretty much like the end <laughs> and plus in red velvet's case which, which is kind of like weird or ironic about their case it's the fact that their comeback was only a week ago wasn't it yeah last monday or tuesday it's only been a week ago and then for this rumor i'll not rumor because i mean joy herself and crush actually they confirmed it completely where it's not even a rumor anymore but for um for it to come out right at their comeback, it feels almost like like sabotage, considering how the Korean public is. It feels like someone purposely like set them up or outed them right at this point on purpose. <laughs> but um, I don't know. And then Joy, again, just like Bobby, Joy, she put out like a statement to the fans. And in her statement, too, she like put all, all this like um, regret and like sorrow and like she apologized like over and over. And I think in Crush's statement too, he apologized as well. But again, this is like my main point of what I want to talk about in this episode today is that why can't idol relationships be like normalized? Like, or because I, I guess I have to do more of my research and read up on like cultural stuff, I guess. But I just, I'll, since I've been into K-pop, I've actually just never understood the big deal of why the Korean fans, and I mean, it even spreads to international fans too now, the behavior, but I just can could never wrap my head around why, um, why Korean fans feel so, like, protective over these idols. Like, they act like they know them personally or, like, they expect to date them or marry them themselves. Like, they, I don't know, it's like they hold them by a chain or something. Like, they think they owe them everything. I can never, since I've been to K-pop, that's just one, like, thing that I can't ever... I could never wrap my head fully around what the deal is of the possessiveness. I something that I have noticed, I feel like in some cases it comes back to the these entertainment agencies because I feel like in some ways, especially I feel like more so for male groups than female groups, that they try to market the idols, I feel like in this sense of making them feel like dateable or available or like desirable that's the word really desirable i feel like they market them in that sense i mean all groups but like i said i feel like it's more emphasis put on like male idols that they really try to put this image out as if the average person almost could like have a chance with them or something and i feel like that maybe is what stems with like the root of the whole the whole like thing is basically but i don't know i i need to do more like research i want to do like a whole deep dive like episode on um like the parasocial relationship of fans and entertainers and idols and whatnot 
um, actually another episode that because I had planned on making it, but I didn't have the time to finish my research. So it might not even come up to like next week or maybe two weeks from now. But another episode idea that I have been working on is um, about all the all these social networking apps that have come out from K-pop because it started as just V Live, which was fine. But now we have like 20 different apps or whatever that you can communicate with idols and whatnot. So that's another episode that I want everyone to look forward to that should be coming up in, like I said, maybe a week or maybe two weeks or so. But I got to do my deep research on that one before I start speaking on that. I mean, as you could tell right now, this episode, like I said, I didn't even plan on doing this episode, really. I just wanted to get on here and just, like, say what was on my mind. Because you could tell I'm kind of just rambling to <laughs> to fill up space, really. Because I don't want this episode to be too short. And I don't want it to be, like, too long, either. So, yeah. So, I guess that pretty much concludes my points on the dating. I mean, I feel like I didn't touch on everything. I kind of, like I said, I was just rushing to just get out what I could think of at the moment. But anyways, now let, let me move on to like, I guess, um, the finale of Nevertheless. So let me, let's start a new part. Let me segue this over. Okay, so um, up next, Nevertheless, the finale of the K-drama Nevertheless. Episode 10 had come out the other day. Um, and to be honest, yeah, the drama, I'll admit, it, it was not the best drama. I have seen dramas that are way better. But I feel like what got me hooked, in, and like I said, I came in late to the drama. I came in when episode seven was airing, but then quickly I went backwards and watched all the episodes and caught up with it and got into it. But um, the drama sucked, let's be honest. <laughs> but what what kept me interested into it, to be honest, was just Soljuwon and as well as Bit um Bitna. Bitna. <laughs> I, I think I pronounced that wrong. I'm not. I, I did not pronounce that right. I don't think. But the the side relationships, more so than the main story of Nabi and um, Jayon, Jayon, um, is, is what kept me interested in the show and made me like want to keep watching it regardless. Plus, um, like I said, the actress Han So He anyway. So that's why I continued to just like watch it regardless. But the finale. So spoiler alerts here if you're someone who has still not watched it yet or whatever and doesn't know how it played out in the end. So uh, I'll say I was actually disappointed by the finale, but at the same time, the whole time from episode one, the finale felt predictable where like you could tell that this was going to happen regardless, but it was underwhelming and like disappointing. Um, and and honestly, the way the show ended, it kind of feels like it could use like a second second season or second installment or a spinoff of some sorts. Um, because I mean, the ending was complete in the sense that Ianabi like ended up with um, Jayon. But but as far as the side stories, I mean, all I guess I mean maybe it was closure, but I just felt incomplete because the side characters. I feel like we got so. Um, into them but i feel like we didn't get like enough i understand they're supposed to just be side characters but i feel like their stories were like way more interesting than nabi and jayon's story because like i said from day one their story just felt predictable he was like manipulative and ridiculous but we knew she would probably still end up with him regardless but um like i said honestly i was more attached to the side stories that's what kept me like interested in actually watching it weekly but um, another spoiler alert, <laughs> another part that literally made no sense in the finale was the art room 
see the the scene where Nobby's project gets destroyed. So, like all the students just come in like one morning, and it was like two days or so before the their expedition thing where their projects were supposed to be going to. And so Nobby had done all this work on her project with Jayon and the other classmate. I can't even think of his name. <laughs> and then her project got destroyed because a ceiling fan of all things in the room just like randomly fell <laughs> on top of her project overnight, I guess, or whatever that morning. Um, and I just, I just found it odd that out of, you have this big room and of all places, the fan first of all would fall on her project. And, it's just the fact that I feel like if a fan is going to fall from a ceiling, I feel like there's some type of like warning. Like it seems like they're, if they want, to, if they were going to, if that was their plan to use at the whole time, they should have at least like had the fan um, creaking or like making a noise, like foreshadowing that something was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, cause it just felt so badly written that out of nowhere, this big fan just falls out of the ceiling. And of course it would land on Nobby's project. <laughs> Because it that was disappointing too. Because it just feels like um, it felt like something that w- would really never happen, or it's like a one in a million chance of that ever happening. Like, and especially for it to fall on her project of all the other projects that were in that classroom, because it felt like this was like written in like a lazy way. Like, if I was writing it, I would have at least, I, for that matter, I think I would have just destroyed everybody in the classes' um, projects. I would have just wrote in there that it was a flood or something, and everybody's project would have got damaged. Or for Nobby's case, if they wanted to like specifically just have her project be damaged, I would have at least maybe wrote somehow made it that someone broke in and like purposely broke her project or something. You know what I mean? Like make it more realistic or interesting. Like the fan falling just felt so lazy. And then it's also just the fact that because Jayon decides to like help her pick up the pieces and put it back together, then all of a sudden that's when she was like, oh, okay, so let me be with him just because he fixed my project, but yet for all nine episodes prior to that he was really nothing but like toxic <laughs> to you and manipulative but yet just because he uh, fixed your project you were like oh my god yes it's him he's the one <laughs> but um i don't know and then also this episode 10 Nobby, because like the whole show i feel like she overall was just like a boring character but then Okay, it just like randomly started raining while I'm recording this. Like it was literally just sunny like two seconds ago, so I don't know if the mic is picking up that rain or not. But anyways, um, Nobby was a boring character regardless. But episode ten, I feel like she was especially like <laughs> boring because, and plus, like I feel like her dialogue was like lacking that whole, this whole final episode. Like I probably could have counted how many lines um, Hanso he had for this episode. <laughs> Because I feel like majority of the episode, we just saw her like crying and being upset because of her project and then not knowing what to do with Jayon and the potato guy. Um, but it just, <laughs> I don't know, the whole, it was just like a little underwhelming. But either way, I mean, I still like the show. It's a show where maybe a year from now, I might go back and look at it again just like for the hell of it. But, um, but yeah, it was okay. So, okay, final topic. Okay, let me get another segment on and we'll be good okay so for the final segment of this like spontaneous messy episode uh brave girls i want to talk about their comeback they just had a comeback today well it was technically a repackage comeback from their album that had come out earlier this summer they had an album this back in may called summer queens which was their first release since the um 
viral success so rolling um and i don't know i'm just like actually so like i i recently i feel like i recently started like getting more invested in brave girls like i was aware of them before but i'll be real i was one of the people that just wasn't super into them like i just didn't care for them. <laughs> but after rolling i don't know i like fell in love with brave girls i feel like um and yeah they had that come back this past summer of chi chi ma Baram, um which was a cute bop but then um today they came out with this song called after we ride and um i guess it's kind of ironic where it's like i guess continuation from their song from like what that song came out like two years ago called we ride and what's ironic is that we ride was supposed to have been their like disbandment song basically if rolling wouldn't have all of a sudden went viral like that we ride would have been the end of brave girls so i don't know it feels like bittersweet of this after we ride song and like the music video is so good the song is good the music video their acting is like so good I don't know, the song just puts me, like, in my feels. And, like, I'm someone who doesn't even, like, really get emotional over music in general, to be honest. <laughs> but, I don't know, the video, it just feels bittersweet. I guess it's because it's just the fact that when We Ride had come out, they probably were prepared for that to be, like, the end of them. And then, so it's bittersweet just to see this music video and see them having fun, like, and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to this week. I guess they'll be on music shows, so I'm looking forward to seeing the live stages of that song. Um... Yeah. And then we have Stray Kids also as well, who had a comeback today. Um, as I had said at the beginning of the episode, I can't really get too deep into it yet because I didn't listen to like every song. I heard like two songs so far of the title track. And then I listened to the song called Sick. Um, but as far as the title track, I know like there's some people where it's like unfavorable because there's some people that aren't into like noise music or whatever. I mean, I feel like I'm a person myself too is pretty divided where it depends. Like some noise music, I love it. Sometimes I don't. Um, Thunderous, I have to give it a couple of listens again to really see if I like it or not. So I'm not going to really give my opinion right now. But the thing about Stray Kids, I just want to say that actually, I love the fact that Stray Kids is a group that pretty much found their lane. I feel like they found their lane early on where I feel like they've never really changed their style. Um, and they've stuck with it because I feel like there are so many other groups that will try this one sound and then it, it's not popular. So then right away they jump to this totally different sound and their whole career is nothing but experimenting, which isn't wrong. But I just love the fact that Stray Kids pretty much like embraced it because people maybe like mock them or whatever for having music sound like that. But I love the fact that they're not stopping, that they continue to then go with that because it, that's what they sound best doing. Because I guess if they did any other style song, it probably would sound awkward in the first place so they found their lane and they're sticking to it which is cool so um i guess that concludes this like quick messy chaotic episode um hopefully you enjoyed my rambling i promise the next one will be like much more organized like i said i would just in a rush just want to record this real quick because it was just so many things being thrown out there at once in the k-pop world so i just had to get on here <laughs> But anyways, I should be back probably by the end of the week or next week with a like full length longer episode and more organized. So anyways, hope everybody has a nice week and yeah. <laughs>